Yes, guys, what's good? You're tuned into Mango Masala, Pi Radio South Asian show. My name's Gerns. I'm here with Simran. Hello. It's very cold. It's freezing. What's the temperature up in the Arctic where you live? <laughs> um, I can give you the live temperature. Everyone is listening. I can give you the live temperature. Bear, bear in mind, this is pre-recorded, so it's probably different now. But it's currently three. Last night, Oh, like, tropical. Last night, it was minus three, and it has snowed a yeah. lot here. So. It's uh, three here, too, with loads of minus five. Halima, you did the right thing. She got out, guys. Yeah. I feel like we haven't even touched up on that. Obviously, you heard Halima last <laughs> week. But in case you don't know, Halima's currently out and about traveling. She'll be back end of February. But she'll be dropping in maybe here and there. But until then. Sorry. We're just living vicariously through her. We're holding it down in the freezing colds. In the trenches. Speaking of the trenches, guess what I did for the first time over the weekend? What did you do, Carlos? I filled in my first tax self-assessment return thing. Ew! Because I'm freelance, so I have to do that, like, self-employed, I have to do it for the first time. It's weird as well, because obviously the way the tax year works, it's like, you do, like, from April to March... And then there's like a year, the next year happens. And then it's by the end of that next year that you have to submit it. So like I'm submitting for stuff that is nearly like two years ago. It's all a bit like weird. Oh, I don't know. I don't think. Like, you know, when like I've seen like influencers talk about it and how they have to do like every receipt that they need to expense and like stuff like that. Like that's just too much. From what I've heard, and I hope that it's true, you can go off like your bank statement and obviously just show like that this money has come out of that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what I've done. So I hope they don't come asking for the receipts because they are in a paper recycling somewhere. So And who teaches you how to do this? So thankfully, Mayanka's family, first of all, her dad is self-employed and also Mayanka's siblings know what to do with finance. Mayanka's even learning about it now, actually, as well. So got the people around me, thankfully. Right, right. But like you said, if I didn't have that, I would be, I don't know how to say about sweared by swearing, but I yeah. would not be in a good position. And again, why don't they teach you this in school? Why? I was thinking that, like, that's so... I would, without the right people around you that would know how to do it, people that are self-employed or work in finance or law, Yeah. it would be very difficult to figure it out with, like, no educational background on finance. Exactly, like, even YouTube videos that I watched, it's all just a bit, even then they're using terminology that I'm just not familiar with. But I was going to say, I feel like it feels so specific to each person's and your expenses as well, though, right? Yeah, like, it even is. though you can have all the people around you, they can't dive into what every single transaction i mean I'd, I'd like to say i don't think it was really that difficult for me like once i'd done it i was like oh okay that was not as bad as i thought it was going to be i mm-hmm. think if you're an actual business person or like a company or whatever and you have to do your tax through that i think that's where it gets a lot more complicated and you have to go through every single transaction and everything oh my god uh, yeah, for me, it was kind of just like, get all my invoices, get all the stuff that I've spent money on relating to this job, put it all in, and then just, yeah. So hopefully it's all fine. But that being said, the money for it that it's now calculated is due in at the end of the month. Plus, now that they've got an idea, the way that it works is they give you an 
estimate of what they think the next year is going to be um and they ask for two payments of that like one at the start and one in july so basically before the end of this month i need to pay my tax for 2022-2023 tax year mm. and i have to pay like the next six months predicted which is another bit on top of that so basically by the end of this month i'm gonna be ian beale i've got nothing left literally yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not great and i see so many people online like in freelancers self-employed in mm. similar positions that just this time is just rough i remember last year because again i was self-employed but i knew it wouldn't be until the next year that i'd have to do my first one seeing everyone talking about it and just being like okay this is my time to just relax and lean back but oh my god it's hard like when you don't i mean obviously i do a bit of work through an employer and i do a bit of work freelance but obviously when you do it through an employer they just take all the tax off for you automatically it's fine you don't need to worry about that yeah so for a lot of this work that i've been doing i've been obviously getting paid but then the tax hasn't been deducted so i've just been living like life like obviously yeah like nine months of the year we were just like bawling but this is the thing because obviously it's it's for the year after so it's been two years now that i've just been like yeah but then obviously in that time although i've been saving i have got married and been on a honeymoon so those savings are now just completely depleted so yeah it's it's not great but again at least i'm not in a position where it's looking like i would be struggling and be in debt to do it i'm thankful for that but at the same time is yeah i've got nothing left left. literally good luck thank you (laughs) that's too stressful can't relate can you well Well, i just i just see the influencers do it and i just think like oh my god who taught you guys how to do it it just seems and i also feel like i don't know correct me if i'm wrong but it doesn't seem like there's a lot of room for mistakes and like you know any mistake could be quite big could have quite big consequences i don't know it just scares me yeah that's the thing i i do feel like if you make a mistake and i'm partially saying this to comfort myself if you make a mistake i do feel like it's like the worst that's gonna happen is they're gonna be like hang on you need to do this and mm-hmm. like you just end up having to pay more or less whatever but yeah it is still daunting it's not yeah, yeah. and especially like being again it's it's adulting and you should have to do this but it's yeah. being forced to like look at your whole it's everything isn't it it's looking at your income it's looking at what you spent like it's like wow i really uh, i spent that much money like yeah oh my god yeah am i one of my like not resolutions but like something i want to do last year every month i used to sit down and update like a budget tracker like yeah, a spreadsheet I was just thinking that yeah i did it up till july and then i went on holiday and i just didn't know how to track it and i couldn't be bothered going through a week's worth of holiday purchases and adding up how much i'd spent and after that i just absolutely fell off and never touched it again yeah. but i want to get back on it this year but it's just really confronting being told like oh you didn't save that much this month or you should be saving x amount or like I've got such a disgusting amount of money in Ubers at the beginning of last year, man. So embarrassing. That number was really horrible, horrifying. What was the reason for that? Just like going out and stuff? I don't know. I actually don't know where all that money... I think it was just Ubers are expensive here. Ubers are just ridiculously expensive here. Even the train to work costs 20 quid. The government just wants to take all my money away from me anyway. This is the thing. It's not fair 
It's not fair, Simran. But I did get taxed £35 less this month, and I'm quite happy about that. I don't know why, but... It's not fair. <laughs> why do we have to pay tax? Also, the cost of living... Sorry, we speak about this all the time. <laughs> cost of living, Nando's is really expensive now. Yeah, I feel, again, this is such a random topic of conversation. I feel like Nando's, it actually changes depending on which one you're at. Because I've, like, had it at, oh. like, the one near me and then the one near me anchors, and I swear one's more expensive than the other. You're going to have to do a social experiment and that's your way of getting two Nando's out of everyone. Yeah, that sounds like a social experiment that I would like to... You can get behind. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, Nando's is so expensive now. And also, what is the hype about Nando's? Because I get the hype about Nando's because I'm British. But I've got foreign family visiting at the moment and they're like, Nando's, Nando's. And I had to kind of like manage expectations and be like, you know, it's just chicken and chips. Like, I, I can't explain why it's a big deal, but it just is. I mean, it's nice. And I think... I don't know. There is something about it, isn't it? It's just quintessentially like British youth collectively. Like you can, I feel like it's got, everyone's got good memories of being like 16 in the Nando's with all their friends for the first time and like eating chicken and chips. But then it's hard to explain that to other people. And they're like, why? I want to go to this Nando's restaurant. Such a big deal. I've heard about it from all the way on the other side of the world. And I'm like, yeah. And then you come in. Like, chicken and chips. Yeah. <laughs> But to be fair, even then, like, I've seen TikToks of um, foreign people trying it. And even then, they're like, I don't know if they're just doing it for the camera, but they're like, oh, wow, like this is, like, really nice. So maybe Come it is. Come with me to get a Nando's. Literally. Like, maybe, oh it, maybe it is kind of unique. I don't know. I can think of other places where you can get, like, chicken, but there is something about Nando's that is. But I feel like we get it. We get it because we're British. Yeah. And I'm thinking back to that clip of Halima, like, we. Yeah. Say we. <laughs> uh, triggered. Sorry. Sorry, Carlos. Closing on this topic, Nando's, I rate you, but I agree you aren't too expensive. What's up with that? No. I, I agree. Like, I got it the other day, and... I was extra hungry, so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to get, like, I, I've always wanted to try the wrap, so you know what, I'm, oh, yeah. I was like, okay, I'll just That's get, what I had. yeah, I was like, okay, I'll just get the wrap on the side, like, just to try it as well as, like, my main meal, because I'm really hungry. Tell me why a wrap by itself costs 14 quid, literally. You, I remember going Nando's with a tenner. Yeah, for total, yeah, it was, like, main meal, bottomless drink, two sides, like, for a tenner, yeah. Man, that is actually so painful. And I do feel like Nando's isn't Nando-ing the same way it used to Nando. You reckon that's because sometimes we get it as a at home rather than eating in the... Oh, I've always said I don't think Nando's delivery is... Like, takeaway is, is as good as Nando's sitting down. But I don't know. I just know. I just think, think the portions are smaller. Because, you know, before, like, I feel like you would have to be hungry to finish two sides and a main. Can't relate, can't relate. There'd be, like, <laughs> loads of chips. There'd be, like, loads of chips, like, loads of rice or whatever the side is. And now it's, like, little bowl. Little chicken breast. Oh, to be in a 2010s Nando's. Oh, man. You know when you, like, went out for the first time, like, without any parental supervision, like, around some shopping centre with, like, five friends from school, nothing but £20 in your pocket and a dream? Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking about that, and I don't think when I did that, I don't think we were in Nando's, we were literally just wandering around the streets, not gonna lie. But like, I'm trying to think when was the first time I actually went to like Nando's. But it's weird, like, I think, I don't know if we've talked about this on the show before, but there's lots of restaurants where I actually didn't really know they existed 
until I went to school because as in, until, until, until I went to senior school because obviously I lived in Warrington. It wasn't until I went to Manchester that oh. I was like, oh, all of these like places this. So for example, Nando's was one of them. I remember going to Nando's at the start of senior school and being like, oh, this is really cool. Then looked online and see that it's been around like for quite a while. Mm. The same with um, also Yo Sushi. Oh, I, yeah. I, I Again, I went to Yo Sushi at the beginning of like senior school and that was also like the first time that i actually tried it and i remember thinking like this is a really cool new concept like literally <laughs> such a eurocentric <laughs> thing to think and then like looked at my like oh it's actually been around for a very long time mm, yeah you would have thought but yeah so this is not related but i was the same like with actresses and actors i didn't know who anyone was and then everyone was like talking about them and i'd be like i don't even know who jennifer aniston is anyway that was that was random aside i agree but yeah. I've realised I don't know anything about life. Like, I don't know, like, you know, some people, yeah, you have to be, like, very rich to kind of, not very rich, but like you have to be, like, pretty rich to have this kind of, like, awareness of, like, the world and, like, how to conduct yourself in, like, certain situations. I don't have that. I don't, you don't strike me as someone that doesn't have that. No, but, like, the kind of, like, elevated version of it. Do you know what I mean? Like, just a knowledge of, like, oh, this wine goes with this type of food, or, like, you have oh, to... Oh, well, who knows that? <laughs> okay, who really good. knows oh, that? Good. Okay, good. Okay, good. Because, like, one time, I just relied on one of my cousins who's in their 30s to order everything for me, because I was like, I'm not thinking about a wine pairing. I can't. I can't. I don't know. I mean, just thinking off the top of my head, if we're going to go for wine, I would say that, like red wine i th- I think it i i literally would just associate it with the meat so i think red wine goes with like dark meat and no, white then, wine goes with like fish like i know chicken. that but like if you gave me like a menu and i wouldn't know which one to pick oh yeah i would just pick the not. one that sounds the best for my friends um hendy when we were in portugal we went port and wine tasting and literally came out of it thinking like oh i'm a pro and now i know everything yeah. completely <laughs> forgotten everything now but... but you know how like people will be like not even an expert in wine yet, rando people would be like, oh, it has notes of, like, orange. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. It's red wine. say whatever, like... And people will agree, yeah, I think yeah. as well. Because I used to work in fragrance. I did Boots fragrance for a very long time. Too long. It was actually traumatic. I obviously had to learn about the different perfumes and aftershaves. Oh, this has a top note of jasmine and a base note of bergamot and tobacco and vanilla or something, right? To me, it just smelled nice or it didn't smell nice. But I was lying to my customers, saying that it's this, this and this. I mean, you're not really lying, are you? Like... Well, it was facts, but like I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't tell the difference. But like the customers would then eat it up and they'd be like, mm, I see. But then I reckon I could have said like, the opposite i could have said a completely different flavor and they would have been like i agree yeah well there's a certain level of trust that you put in the employees of place, <laughs> don't, don't you? yeah <laughs> we're all just winging it <laughs> yeah it's true and i don't think you really think about that until you're grown up and actually do you have a job like i think when you're younger you completely put your your trust in whoever it is and just think yeah they're in that position because they're experienced in that field but in reality like you say everyone is just kind of winging it don't get me wrong i would trust me if i was helping you with makeup and skincare perfume no but like i think you're right because i didn't have a clue what i was talking about a lot of the time i was just trying to make a sale like i would i would just tell you what you wanted to hear yeah but that was, that was six years ago, so no one can sue me now. That's true, actually. I remember, like, because Mianka's been doing her um, exams, like, with certain, 
like claims that you can make there is like a deadline for how long and i'm pretty sure six years is one of them yes (laughs) and that was when i that was when i finished as well i was 18 when i stopped thank you carlos (laughs) again why are you putting all your trust in me i don't know (laughs) yes exactly yeah but like i said the last time i worked retail was summer 2021 and i promised myself i would never do customer service again couldn't can't do it can't deal with the British public. Also, I've realised, and you said, like, when you get older, you kind of don't trust those people as much, which is true, because I've had experiences with people on, like, makeup counters, and I just know they're not saying the right thing, and I'm like, oh, my God, you're lying to me. You're trying to make a sale. I don't think I did that in makeup and skincare. I definitely did it in perfume, I'll admit it, but not makeup and skincare. But I think as well that's there's a level of morality to that as well, because with perfume, it's kind of like, come on, you've got a nose, you can decide whether you like, whether it smells or you like the way it smells or not. But with makeup and skincare, that's actually to do with people's skin and stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's actually, it actually might not suit them in that sense. Do you know what I mean? I agree. I agree. Like, I don't think I would ever lie or like mislead someone to make a sale when it was makeup and stuff. Not that I was actively doing it, I was doing perfume. But... There's a few interactions I've had and I'm like, I know you're just trying to make a sale right now. And like, I don't know if times have changed, but like the, my training was obviously different to their training because back then training was really thorough and like hygiene practices. I just think back, you know, when you argue with someone, yeah. And then later when you're like in the shower, like a day later and you're like, damn, I should have said this, 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 yeah, and this. Yeah, yeah. It's this one interaction with this girl that worked in I think about it all the time. She did the worst. It was so unhygienic. I still think about it. And I was too polite to say anything. I just said like, oh, I don't want it. And then I just like left the store. Um, but I was fully going to buy that product. But the, what she was doing really put me off. It was so unhygienic and disgusting. And I, I was, I literally, now I think about it. And I was like, I actually should have just carried out and got her manager. Because I was thinking when she was doing it, like I need to give me all your products. Give me them. I'm going to show you what to do. And then like literally sanitize everything and literally show her how to do it. Because I was like, this girl needs training. Anyway, I think about it probably like once a week. And it happened like six months ago. Moving on, let's do a bit of music news. So, first up, we played this track last week, but it actually got released after we'd already had our discussion. So, Zayn has released a new song and he's actually singing in Urdu in it. Ooh, yeah. I want to listen to it. Yeah, it's actually, it's, it's nice. Like, it's, it's with a Pakistani trio like hip-hop r&b kind of vibe what's your thoughts because obviously people are going crazy about it and like literally i've seen it's literally in its news i've seen news articles about it the fact that he's released a song in urdu should there be this level of hype when someone does a song that is in their mother tongue essentially or is the fact is it getting overhyped purely because of the fact that he's like one direction and it's like oh he's doing this new thing I think the hype's really cute and I think because he's that famous it's nice for him to like put that on a platform where he knows obviously loads of people are going to listen to it because he's part of One Direction and then for people to appreciate that I think is really nice. Yeah. You know? It's it's interesting as well. I don't know whether it's um, to do with the way times have changed or whether it's just due to what I've heard but I remember when he put out his debut album he did like a couple of like interludes on it that were actually in Urdu and then he's kind of not really done that much since but now he's obviously done mm-hmm. this and it's a whole song in the language and 
everyone's kind of like, oh, wow. Because when I saw that he'd put that out, as someone that can't properly speak Hindi or Urdu, I not in a position to judge in any sense but when i saw they'd done that my first thought was thinking back to the album and i was like oh gosh people are gonna gotta go in at his like pronunciation of stuff and whatever but then it seems like the reception has actually been really like positive for it so i'm just wondering is that a change of times or is it that he's got better at pronouncing stuff or is it like just that different audiences i don't know do you know what i just think like as an artist you have that creative freedom to kind of do what you want and then people that are really going to be your fans are gonna like appreciate that and be a fan of that and uh, I think someone that really likes you as a person can be mature enough to then say like that wasn't for me I'll listen to something else instead of like kick up a fuss about it and also I think it'd be weird to kick up a fuss about something like this like in a sense we all listen to like Bad Bunny in Spanish and like none of us speak Spanish. If none of us speak Urdu, why can't we listen to Urdu music as well? We can still appreciate a different language. And I think it's a good way to show like a wider audience that this music is still really beautiful. I haven't listened to the song yet, so I don't even know if it sounds good, but I'm assuming it's good. Um, I think it's decent. It's um, yeah. a bit on the slower side, but I like it. But it's like Urdu music is be- it is on the slower side, I would say, for the most part. Like it's very like pulled back and slow and relaxed. Mm. Like it's... And it sounds beautiful and it's yeah. a great way to kind of put that out there onto a bigger platform and for people that probably won't necessarily go out and listen to that kind of music on their own accord to actually be like accustomed to it and listen to it and kind of like widen their scope of their music as well because it'll probably like put some other people onto other Urdu songs and like maybe p- producers or things like that like you know you never know that's the thing I was thinking. It's quite because obviously Zayn has the whole of the One Direction hysteria collective. Essentially, there are still some diehard One D fans out there, even though they've obviously kind of grown up now. Yeah, they're still like are massively following each member, and a lot of them probably won't be from Pakistani um, South Asian heritage. Yeah. Um, so they probably will like listen to this song and be like realistically they're going to listen to it anyway so for and like say that might be an introduction that they need to like be like you know what i actually like this i'm gonna go and listen to i don't know zach knight like similar kind yeah. of vibe you know what i mean i think back to the like bad bunny thing like none of us i don't understand spanish like but so many people will listen to like j balvin bad bunny and they just have a whole song in spanish it just sounds good you know i think that is one benefit of this generation and like streaming generation is that it's a lot easier to do that i reckon back in the day when Mm. it was like you had to kind of rely on radio or buy cds you would be much less likely to go for something that you know is not in english whereas now it's kind of just like just listen to it and they'll be like okay that sounds good i'm gonna yeah exactly exactly and what was the other part of your question when you were like is it do you say it was overhyped or does it deserve hype is the is the hype just because it's he's like one direction and also like should there be an expectation for people to do tracks in their mother tongue or should or should there be pressure oh. to do that or okay i don't think there should be expectation or pressure if i was a singer and someone was like you have to be singing in punjabi right now i'd be like no thanks yeah absolutely not i'd be terrified because again i think also the scrutiny of me being like someone's going to criticize my grammar and punctuation um, punctuation pronunciation um i'm sure people would vet it before i released it hopefully off the back of our last conversation about pr maybe they wouldn't but i would hope so um 
Yeah, I don't think there should be expectation to speak it in your mother tongue. And also people, you can't expect people to have fluency in that language. Like we, we're all like second, maybe third generation now. At the end of the day, the dialect does kind of dilute out. Unfortunately, yeah. It's unfortunate, but it's true. And I mean, obviously Zayn Malik, um, as well as being British, Asian, he's also mixed, half Pakistani, half white yeah, as well. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's no, ex- there should there shouldn't be expectation. I think it would be weird if someone was like atting Zayn and being like, why don't you sing in Urdu? That'd be really strange. It's almost yeah. like telling like Diljit Dasanj, like you need to make more songs in English. I don't think anyone would ever say that. Yeah. Just let people do what they want. It's a second, la- like, why would you, like, it's a second language. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Who was it that we, it was Skepta, wasn't it? That we were talking about last week who threatened to like pull music. Because or, like, he didn't stop like. Making. Yeah. Because he didn't like. like you're someone, just going to force yeah. more artists to like go down that route. And if you want to carry on supporting them and having music to support. Yeah. Let's not do ultimatums. Second music point. Ariana Grande. Don't know if you've heard her new song. I love her. Really? I've not heard the new song. <laughs> was that sarcasm that you love her? No, I do. I yeah. really, really, really like her. That's nice. Um, <laughs> I don't know what I meant to say to that. Cool. Sorry, but, I, I'm just a big fan. <laughs> um, obviously, she's released a new song, Yes And. I've listened to it, and I will say that it has kind of become my track of the week for need of a better attribution, just because I have been like listening to it on repeat, and it oh, is, yeah. it, it's catchy. I like it. It's, um, I knew before that it kind of sampled Vogue, and it has it got that kind of vibe to it. Yeah, I like it a lot. I just saved it so I can listen to it later. But I have seen people post it on their stories when it came out. Yeah, I think it's a grower, I'd say. Like, I think the more I listened to it, the more I liked it. The first time I was a bit like, okay, this is interesting. And then got catchy. But Aww. that being said, and the message of the song reflects this as well, like what's been going on. Obviously, with her private life, she has been taking part in filming for the Wicked movie, which I've recently learned. I think it's going to be split into two parts, apparently. I don't know. But I think that's also been taking part in London, if I'm not wrong. I'm not sure. Anyway, she has been taking part in that because she is one of the main roles in it. And also starring in that has been Ethan Slater, who, if we don't know i feel, i think i've mentioned this before actually he plays the role of spongebob in spongebob the musical yeah sick yeah so he's also in this wicked movie i think at the start of 2023 ariana revealed that she had split from her husband um i forget his name if i'm being honest but i know he was a dancer um yes yeah, so she split from him he's actually the person who her last album positions was written about they were together for a couple of years like throughout lockdown and but now unfortunately they've split and then it came out in i'd say like late springs early summertime that ariana and this spongebob guy ethan slater spongebob guy that's what, that's what he's known as like that's him he's he's spongebob um apparently they were going out however people were kind of confused because Ethan Slater had actually been with his childhood sweetheart married for a number of years. Um, And it shortly came out after this that they were separated or or filing for divorce, whatever. However, people kind of were looking at the timelines of everything and were kind of like, 
I think he posted like an Instagram um, for a Mother's Day post in like a month before all of this came out. So people were kind of like, where's the, is there an overlap here? And basically people are suggesting, I'm not saying that it's true, but everyone's kind of suggesting that Ariana and Ethan may have started their relationship whilst either of them maybe were in their respective um, relationships, prior relationships, which if it's true is obviously kind of messed up. And also you've got the fact that I think Ariana had actually met Ethan's wife beforehand and they like knew each other. Like you can see that she's like liked Instagrams and stuff. So it is potentially very messy. So there was all this stuff kind of like being like, is Ariana kind of like home record vibes? And obviously it takes two to tango if it is true. And he's still done that to his family. And also I think the thing to mention as well, like I said, Mother's Day, he has a child with his now ex-wife as well. So there's that element to it. But and they, they've been seen together in the latter part of this year and there's been loads of photos of them I, I mean, there's like memes of where you swap their faces because oh no yeah it, it's a it's, it's kind of funny but siblings or dating vibes semi Mayanka really <laughs> thinks that he looks a lot like a brother interesting yeah but anyway there's been all this speculation and been kind of like oh is she a good person because she might have broke up this relationship And that is what this single actually kind of talks about. It's kind of like the chorus is literally yes and say that ish with your chest. Ah. Like it's kind of like, and it's like, it starts off with, in case you haven't noticed, everyone's tired um, of somebody or something, that that kind of vibe. Like it's all kind of like, and what? It is kind of iconic in a way, but at the same time, I think the main thing that I wanted to ask was, do we think that there should be an expectation on Ariana to come forward and kind of just like clear the air, state her case kind of thing? Because on the one hand, I'm like, there shouldn't be any obligation. It's her private life. It's not, yeah. it's not her fault that it's come out and people know about it, whatever. But on the other hand, I'm kind of like, look like people really think that you've done something that is obviously morally wrong and surely like it's pub it's public knowledge now we're not saying it's true but everyone like knows about this surely if you care about what your fans think of you you would come out and just say like this this is completely not true we started this relationship then but she's kind of took the road road of ignoring it and now we're obviously Mm. releasing a song that's just like i'm what you know what I mean? So it's tough. I don't really know what is the correct... I, d- I just think that if, if you cared about... If you care about your public image, then maybe it would work in your favour to get something out. But then do you even want to admit it? Maybe that would even be worse. This is the thing, right? So her not saying anything, then also some people would say kind of suggests that there is something for her to hide. Do you know but what I mean? But I feel like not saying anything is not admitting that you did it either so if you'd never say that you did it it's all speculation you can make as many like hints at it in songs as you want which i personally i i don't i think that's weird but you can hint at it all you want but as long as you're not saying anything for sure like no one can really take you down for it because you haven't admitted yeah i don't know i mean from i kind of hope that it's not true 
Same, but I also like, I, I also think like true. in celebrity news, these things blow over so fast. If she just keeps it shut, like the next thing will come along, Kylie and Timothy will kiss in basketball game or something, and then that's it. I love how you've just combined Kylie and Timothy with Taylor Swift and her boyfriend, like with basketball, <laughs> like just merged it into one. Like, yeah. I don't, as you can tell, I don't keep up with Hollywood. Yeah, that's my from like a from that point of view. Like that might be the best way to go about it like if you just never say that you've done it you know if you never address yeah. it no one can say anything to you maybe that's toxic from me but <laughs> regardless of that it's i think it's a good song and i think album number seven is on the way so i also never understand how like artists like ariana and like taylor make songs about their ex like the way you wore that brown jumper like so explicitly about that person so specific that they're gonna listen to the album you know <laughs> Well, I think Taylor Swift does it well. I think she's a really good like lyricist. Ariana, maybe not as much in terms. She's not as she. She's like she. I don't think she necessarily writes songs about exes. I think she kind of just writes it about her current experience. But then, like, if you know, you know, sort of thing. But we like, know because you're Ariana Grande. You're really famous. <laughs> yeah, but she does it really explicitly. Like she literally on Sweetener, obviously had a song called yeah, Pete yeah. Davidson. Yeah. On Thank You Next, there's a song called Ghosting. Obviously, yeah. when Mac Miller just died, and then Thank You Next literally name drops people. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. I mean, you say you love her. Do you have a favorite album of hers? I love her as a person. But Sweetener, Sweetener was a really good album. I agree, but I think Thank You Next to me, I really like. like uh, wait, Sweetener's the one with the upside down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Sweetener, I, I like that album. Yeah, for me, it was Thank You Next. Like, I just think there were no like skips on that. I'm just like every what? song. I was like, yeah. I saw this guy on TikTok and he picks an album, like an entire album to listen to from beginning to end. And he runs for the entire length of the album. And then he like, uploads it and is like this was the best song to run to this was the worst this is the one that i'll be adding to my playlist and i was like that's such a cool content concept first of all mm. but second of all that's a really good way to like kind of distract from the running and listen to a new album at the same time so i might be trying it and in running news it was my new year's not really new year's but like my resolution for the first like I was I think I gave myself to like the end of April to get to 10k like to run a 10k without stopping I did it on Saturday congratulations I have this weird thing when I run when I run around Slough it's like I will if there's cars if I'm running where there's cars at a traffic light if there's people I start sprinting I like I absolutely just gas it on the first like three kilometers and then by the time I'm done I'm like absolutely knackered usually have to like walk because i've just sprinted for no reason because i'm so like conscious which is stupid so i ran to a different part where like no one i know lives um and then i ran like i think it was probably about 7k around there and i got to like the i got to like 7k so three left um and i only set out to do like six that day i think but i wasn't tired so i was like i'm just gonna carry on got to seven and i was like i could run three home but i know when i do that three home i'm gonna start sprinting and i'm gonna get tired and walk so i did that three around that area and then i had to call my mum to come pick me up <laughs> i was wow. i literally i was dying on a patch of grass and i was calling my mum. i was like how much would i have to pay you right now to come pick me up 
<laughs> but it wasn't far. That's but yeah. funny. But just the social anxiety of running around, the, the potential to see people that I know made me commit to that run in a place that I do not live. But it got it done because I probably wouldn't have done it if I if I ran that last 3K back home. So well done, I'm very Sophie. proud of myself. Um, my legs still hurt. Well and also, done. by no means was it fast. For anyone listening to this that runs, yeah, it weren't fast. It was not fast. But it was a 10K. Can't relate. I don't think I've ever run more than 5K. But like, yeah, I ran my first 5K last, I want to say May or June. So it's taken me six months to get to 10. Like, it's, it, it, it's, it's been tough. It's been horrible. And then, like, that's not with consistently training, like, on and off being consistent. Like, it's just been tough. But it's so much more mental, I think, than physical. And for me, once I got over the anxiety part of other people looking at me and thinking that I'm running slow, that made me run a lot further because I just got over it. And I was like, at least I'm running, you know. Good for you, Simran. Thank you. Marathon next. There's this girl on TikTok. I really love her. Like, she follows me on Instagram now as well. Like, sometimes we chit-chat. Um, well, because I reached out to her. Because, basically, we had very similar, like, running journeys. Our times were similar, everything. And one day, I, I messaged her and I was like, if you're ever, like, around, I'd love to go for a run with you. And she was like, oh, my God, yeah, I'll let you know. Like, love her. Um, she's doing a marathon in April and she's training for it and like she'll just be like I'm running the 15k today and like the poor thing like she like complains through it like she struggles through it but like she's my spirit animal because she's so real she's not like the rest of these influencers that like sprint half a marathon and then just like light morning workout you know so I love her right moving away from music news there have been some developments this week in terms of Events going on in the Middle East and the UK's involvement in it. Um, Mostly, this has revolved around the UK and US intervention in what's going on with the Houthi rebels from Yemen. So to give a bit of context, the Houthis are an armed group that currently control most of Yemen. They rose to prominence in the mid-2010s when they rebelled against Yemen's government um, which then sparked the civil war. Um, they are backed by Iran and have spent years fighting the military coalition with Yemen's like actual government, which is led by um, Saudi Arabia. Um, so they've been fighting for a number of years, like I think like a decade, but um, more recently have been engaging in peace talks, apparently. However, these Houthi rebels have been attacking commercial and military ships in the Red Sea and Suez Canal. Um, So they've been attacking these ships that have potential Israeli links and their aim is to pressure Israel to end the war in Gaza and also demand that before that they also increase humanitarian aid. Um, For those who don't know, the Red Sea and Suez Canal actually accounts for 30% of the world's container ship traffic. Um, So it's a very important route for trade. And because of all this going on, most ships are having to actually divert. So instead of going along the Red Sea and Suez Canal, um, upwards towards Europe, they're actually having to go all the way around Africa, past the Atlantic Ocean, and back through the Mediterranean again. 
Um, I think through the Mediterranean, but basically they're having to go around Africa. So, like I say, the US and UK have decided to get involved in what's going on there because, like I said, the Houthis have been attacking commercial ships that are supposedly linked to Israel. Um, and the way that they've got involved is that they have launched over 17 military strikes in Yemen in response. Um, the Houthi rebels have said that five have been killed. However, there haven't been any civilian casualties. Um, the Houthi response is that they're not going to stop and that now they're also going to target you know, the US and UK assets as well. So that's where we're at. Um, I think I should also say as well that to date, although we can't um, condone what the Houthi rebels are doing in terms of attacking commercial ships, there have been no casualties on their part. So this has been so far purely a tactic that has been to defer um, this trade from um, engaging with Israel rather than it being attacking civilian life. Mm. Um, I think the main thing from this, right, is the fact that the UK has obviously got involved. I think it was the US that said that they wanted to do it and then the UK was like hopped on and was like, yeah, we'll we'll join in on that. Um, other countries around Europe have declined to get involved. I think like Spain, Italy. But it's the fact that the UK is happy to obviously get involved with this and do strikes in Yemen um, when it's this issue of the container ships. And obviously we know that if... Although, obviously, at first, the Houthi rebels were only a, aiming for ships that were heading to Israel. We know that because of, because of the diversions and stuff, inevitably, like, sh- all shipping is going to be affected by this, which is then going to lead to higher costs because having to go all the way around Africa, like, it adds, like, another 10 days or something. It's really expensive. So... Personally, I'm kind of looking at this like, okay, so you want to get involved now when it's going to be a massive cost and cut your profits because the trade isn't going to happen. However, you're happy to sit by and watch the reason for which the Houthi rebels are actually doing this in the first place. Like, there's no there's no word from the UK in terms of trying to de-escalate things in in Palestine. No, the opposite. Yeah, exactly. If anything, they're saying we stand with Israel, we're going to continue supporting them. Um, however, you want to intervene when other... Um, I won't say other countries, because a lot of people say that Houthis don't necessarily represent Yemen, but when other groups are actually getting involved or other collectives are getting involved and actually doing something about it, you're then taking a stand then. It's a bit, yeah. The UK is mental. Like, on one hand, I feel like, first of all, look at home, look at focus efforts at home first, because this country is broken, this country is broke off, and you want to, like, militarise now and attack other countries and attack other groups is crazy. Like, where 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 do we have the money for this when, when but our cost yeah. seven pounds, tell me. Um, and now yeah. this is like 30 pounds, please. Other people pointed this out as well because yeah. they recently donated um, like two billion or something to the Ukraine crisis. And people were like, what about, exactly. like, where's fa- this like money? fair enough. Where's but, this money? Yeah. Where's two and a half billion pounds coming from when this country is broken every element of this country is broken i'm not gonna repeat what martin said because i said it last week just go yeah. with last week's episode yeah um 
like, and also, in my opinion, that the UK government is so quiet when stuff matters and when people are using their voices and when they don't want to do something, they're so quiet. They literally, like, act like nothing's going on. They can't see it. But when they want to do something, it's quick. Like, this came out of nowhere. Yeah. This whole, no, like, Yemen's involvement, fair enough, cool. Like, came, that kind of came out of nowhere. Like, I was like, okay, cool, this is happening. But for us then to go and tack... Yeah. Literally came out of nowhere. And I was like, they're so quick with it. Yeah. I mean, I think I think the Houthis only started actually attacking ships after October the 7th. It was like in response to Israel's response to the October 7th massacre. Obviously, that took place in Israel. But it's like, oh, now that your pockets are hurting. This is, this is the thing. You this want to like is, get up in arms. This is exactly how I see it because I'm like, what other reason is there that you would take part in this but then not actually step in and be like to Israel, look like it's been also, over 100 days, like maybe yeah. we should calm down a bit. And also literally imagine like they say like, oh, this is to prevent like the cost of living crisis worsening, just to prevent like prices rising and then trade can carry on freely as it was before. First of all, they screwed trade up with Brexit. Second of all, they screwed prices up anyway with the cost of living thirdly where are they getting all this money from to fund attacks in yemen and billions in ukraine yeah and then nothing for palestine apparently i mean i i, I actually i should correct myself it's it's not nothing but not very much but it's the outright support for israel which is where it gets me because you see the people rallying in london now in every city but like in london you see that you see them in the hundreds i don't know hundreds of thousands but tens of thousands i think with for, for the last one yeah um it's not like they're not seeing any of this even the news yeah has kind of switched its narrative on reporting now it's very much like they're acknowledging gaza even the existence of that area and the fact that people there are being unfairly attacked and they're kind of, even like i saw bbc news i can't remember the wording exactly but it was like israel's attacks on gaza or like the israel gaza conflict and stuff like that it's it the, the wordings changed more in support of the palestinian people which i thought was i was like pleasantly surprised at yeah, I mean, I'd still say that there is, like, for example, we saw with the ICJ hearing that loads of uh, Western news outlets completely did not report on it at all on the day when it was South yeah, Africa's yeah. turn to report, um, to, to give their case at the ICJ. And then when it was Israel's turn, suddenly there were loads of reporting about it, which is just not on. But... It's not, it's not surprising, but it's just not... But look at the rest of Europe who are declining to participate. But again, I, I saw someone comment on this. Jump on it? Exactly, I saw someone comment on this, and I think it's that it's not necessarily that other countries are not standing with Israel. For example, we've seen that Germany literally backed Israel in regards to this mm. ICJ hearing. But it's more the fact that they can see that, like, it like there's no point them getting involved. Like they like why would they why would they why stick their nose in for your own country? Why stick your nose and why create conflict for your own country then ruin those like ties for yourself? Yeah. I mean I should say as well, like from what I've seen, the Houthi obviously at the end of the day they're rebels rather than an official government and the 
civil war that's took place that started with them rebelling has caused what's been called like the one of the worst humanitarian crises in the world in, in Yemen and I've seen a number of people speak about what the Houthi rebels actually stand for and it's not something to be condoned um yeah. that being said like I think this is the thing right and and I'm not in any way saying that we um align our principles with them but at the same time I do think that the world is not black and white and in that sense what the Houthi rebels are doing in in terms of stopping these ships from reaching Israel in my mind as long as there's no civilian life lost I think someone's got to do something like ultimately somewhat like come on like the uk is literally sitting by and watching israel obliterate palestine you can look at something and be like okay like there's a, the reason why they're doing this is valid without actually standing with the actual group that do it themselves and actually agreeing with like their day-to-day activities let's say. it's like separating the lives of palestinians from the actions of hamas yeah exactly uh, obviously on that note as well we condemn um october the 7th uh, massacre we condemn that apparently hamas have released a video that was kind of almost like um taunting the idea of various hostages being alive and this and that they have said that two of the hostages from that video have been killed by israeli airstrikes rather than themselves but again the fact that they released that video is a kind of like propaganda-ish type of thing if that is the case we can't condone that um but yeah like we've like we're saying it it's by no means black and white but at the same time i think it's very obvious that we've been going for a hundred days with the obliteration of palestine by israel and that is not something that any good person should vouch for in my opinion so yeah and that being said, like, it's it's even, like, here, like, doing, like, proper, like, Bad Vibes Island, so... Bad Vibes Island. Yesterday, so on Monday, the 15th of January, um, Coventry MP Zara Sultana brought it up in Parliament saying to um, Rishi about what's going on with the Houthis, I mean, Yemen and like how this like the UK's involvement is not the best idea and saying will the Prime Minister seek to de-escalate the situation and call for an immediate ceasefire and Rishi's response was to say perhaps the Honourable Lady would do well to call on Hamas and the Houthis to de-escalate the situation um, to which um, Zara fairly in my opinion has said like that's your um, giving into like is an islamophobic trope there just because i'm a muslim woman you're saying that i should go and like speak to hamas and the houthis and go and tell them to um, de-escalate the situation and also it's the fact that look like the uk is the one that's doing this stuff like you know what i mean like that, that's the whole point of parliament is to be able to raise issues that the uk is involved in if she can't say that there what is she meant to do and then another mp andrew percy said too many people give a free pass to the terrorists and zara wasn't happy about that because she said she's repeatedly denounced hamas she has repeatedly said that obviously all the hostages need to be returned yet still she's being looped in with 
giving a free pass to terrorism, which, yeah. <sighs> Bad vibes, Island. That being said, on the other end of the spectrum, uh, South Africa has now said that it intends to also come for the UK and US. So it's now preparing a lawsuit against the US and UK for complicity in Israel's war crimes in Gaza um, for the ICJ. So... And in my opinion, fair enough. Come on, like do it. <laughs> like, like come on. Like, someone's got to do something. Exactly. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed of the way that our country has reacted to. It. I'm not surprised, but I'm ashamed of the way that they've reacted to the most this most recent crisis. So, yeah. And one final point, which I'm sure Halima loves. In fact, I know she loves because I've seen it on his story. Um, Bangladesh has thrown its support behind South Africa's application against Israel before the ICJ. So, yeah, they're proper stepping up to the plate now as well. So, big up Bangladesh. Right, to round things off, let's end on a more positive note on a segment that we started last week. Oh, God. So, happy birthday to... I love this this segment. This week, we've got a number of birthdays. We haven't got any actors, but we've got a number of singers that have tuned in, texted in. So First off, um, earlier this week, we had Pitbull. Big up Pitbull. Thanks for tuning in. Wait, I I really thought we were going to stick to South Asian, but I guess there's not enough, so fair enough. Yeah, there's there's none for this week, so yeah. (laughs) There's none that um, I think us or our audience would know, so. Okay, this is like Uh, jokes. We've got message here from fka twigs big up you um also got oh two people born on january the 17th we've got calvin harris <coughs> and lil john who's seems to have just typed yeah in capital letters don't know what's going on there but Carlos, yeah. january 18th we've got estelle big up estelle Ooh. from london apparently um, Apparently. then January 20th we've got oh, okay. Joey Badass which is today January 20th Joey Badass and um, oh, claim to fame someone who says that they won was it Pop Idol back in the day Will Young big up Will Young happy birthday to you today but there can only be one person who gets a song um, request for the show and that has to go to someone that i don't know if this is a fake name that they've given it looks like a lot of random letters skrillex never heard of him but mr skrillex has requested a song called bangarang which you're not playing after searching the internet i have found let's give it up for skrillex happy birthday here's bangarang on mango masala let's go you're not playing, you're not. I'm playing Bangarang. <laughs> I was tempted to go with Pitbull, and I was like, no, I'm never going to get a chance to play Bangarang. That's fair. I feel like yeah. you really, you're really living your um, radio presenting dream with this one. Yeah, I know, because this is the thing, right? We never really do that much audience interaction live. Like, even when we're like live on the air, we don't really do that much. This is the opportunity. If the people aren't going to come to you, you come to them. So, but I really like this persona that you've taken on to do it and the acting like not acting but that just you know they, they've sent them in 
They could be what anyone. Do you mean, what do you mean acting, no, Simran? No, these people, have, these people have texted in. What? Yes. Why Why would you say that? No, no, I didn't mean it. Sorry. <sighs> right. Well, I think it's time that we log off. Clearly, Simran's been on radio for too long. Yep. Suggesting that Skrillex hasn't actually texted into Manga Masala. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We yep. will... We'll be back next week for our last episode of January, which is March. Ew. I know. God, I hate January. Sorry. Sorry to all the people who we just wished happy birthday. (laughs) You have to admit, L month. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Before my anchor, I would say February is also an L month, but then obviously her birthday is at the end of it. February is a good month because it just goes so fast. That's true. Then before you know it, it's March and it's spring. (sighs) Goodbye, everyone. Bye.